Hello and welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast, organised and run by Dublin City University. Teachers Inspire is an Ireland-wide initiative that seeks to celebrate teachers and to recognise the transformative role they play in our lives and in our communities. My name is Louise O'Neill and I am delighted that I have been asked once again to curate and share with you the many uplifting stories about teachers who have made a difference in your life. Check out these stories and more on the website teachersinspire.ie Joining me now is Professor Matthias Urban. He is Desmond Chair of Early Childhood Education and is also Director of the Early Childhood Research Centre at DCU's Institute of Education. Welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast and thank you for joining us in studio today. Thanks for having me. Yes. Now, um, okay, so I just introduced you there as the Desmond Chair of Early Childhood Education in the Institute of Education. Can you just tell me like, a little bit about that role and what it involves? Well, it's actually quite an interesting construct, this, this Desmond Chair, and you have to get, give DCU quite a, a lot of credit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, how this came about was that DCU received a very generous donation uh, from a, a donor, from Dermot Desmond, mm-hmm. um, which DCU uh, strategically decided to put into early childhood to create this professorship, this chair, and with it to set up the um, Early Child Research Centre, which is the only um, dedicated research centre at university level in Ireland uh, looking at questions of early childhood from an interdisciplinary angle. I was um, working in London at the time. I was professor of early childhood studies at the University uh, of Roehampton in London and um, applied for the position, got offered the position. What it really is, is to uh, is to emphasize the importance of early child education and care as the very fundamental part of the education system in Ireland as the first engagement of very young children with the sort of wider society um, and making sure that this is represented in terms of research, in terms of policy work and in terms of working with practice at university level. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what this is about. And we're doing this um, at many different levels. We're doing this um, um, locally. We work with um, practitioners, educators, um, family resource centres here locally in, in, in um, various parts of Dublin. But we also work um, at very high international level in terms of global early childhood policies and systems mainly. And what we're trying to do with uh, this chair and with this centre, with our research, is to combine the local mm. and the global very systematically. Mm. And you said that you were working in London. Like, What was the appeal of coming to Ireland? Well, um, I kind of knew what I was signing up to because um, I've been in and out of Ireland for, for many years. I've been working with partners and organisations and uh, policy in Ireland since 2000 and the, the early 2000s, let's put it that way. Uh-huh. So I knew a lot um, about Ireland from um, um, the point of view of a sympathetic of outsider. I knew that the Irish early childhood mm. landscape um, is, well, a very dynamic one, to put it that way, mm-hmm. um, and that there are major changes would be coming along um, in the way, and that it was extremely 
attempting to be part of that development and to be able to set up this research practice policy, construct the center and um, try and inform um, what was going on and how we, in the future directions we might take in this mm. field. And in Ireland, like how do we measure up against other countries? I mean, obviously, you know, you've worked in, in London, but, you mm. know, you're from Germany. Like, how do we measure up against other countries in Europe when it comes to early childhood education? Well, I suppose <laughs> learning, still learning how Ireland works, actually, um, yeah, when be careful now you don't insult us. We'll, we'll run you out of here no, with, with a pitchfork. <laughs> exactly. No, I was just going to say, if, if you ask someone for directions, uh, um, the, first thing, <laughs> some, the first thing a person would say, if I were you, wouldn't, I wouldn't start from here. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't start from um, the measuring up question because, okay. I, I think it, because I think it's misleading. We do have um, a number of sort of country rankings in education. I think the most... One most people might be familiar with this, this the, the PISA ranking. Um, the, the what's that now for oh, people the, like me who have no <laughs> idea what that is? Oh, it's it's the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. They run a standardized assessment of 15-year-olds in many countries in the world. It's called PISA, P-I-S-A, the Program for International Student Assessment. So they test 15-year-olds in in. in several d domains of knowledge and reading and what have you, understanding, and they come up with uh, a country list and say, mm -hmm. uh, these countries are doing better than others. Mm -hmm. Usually Finland wins, <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes South Korea wins, and, and then sort of you have a discussion in all the countries, why can't we be like South Korea? Yeah. Um, we don't have that yet in early childhood, thankfully, um, but we might have to talk about this a, a, a little later. The thing about early child education and care is that it's so much embedded in how people think and feel what's important for themselves, for their families, for their children, for their communities. Um, the early childhood system that we have in Ireland is very much uh, embedded in that sort of, in, in the very specific, specific situation that we have in terms of um, close communities, mm. Um, in terms of family values, um, there is no comparison, no meaningful comparison to, to say, how does this compare to Norway, for instance? Or okay. how does this compare to, um, I don't know, France? Okay. Um, what we can say, and, and I think there are, uh, there is quite a lot of information available around this, um, one of the issues that we face in Ireland is that the system, uh, the services have been woefully underfunded for mm. many, many years. Um, when we look at OECD average, um, we're still at the bottom of the pile in terms of public investment that goes into uh, the system. And why do you think that is? Well, um, I suppose it is not... It's not unique to early childhood when you look at other s services uh, we're in a similar position. So there's seems to be a reluctance in Ireland to actually invest adequately in, in mm. um, social services mm -hmm. um, and to set up an infrastructure that actually works for children, yeah. for families and for so society on the whole. The other issue, of course, is that uh, it was never seen as the role of the state or uh, of society as the whole to in, um, 
get involved in the education of very young children. It was mm. always seen as the um, 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 the primary area for the, for for the family. Mm. Goes back to the constitution and all. And this is why I say it's it's so important to understand how people think this is how children should be reared. Yeah. Uh, this is what uh, bringing up children children um, up is about in in this country. But we do have underfunding. We do have a still a, hopeful, a hopelessly fragmented um, landscape of services. We have an over-reliance on um, private and often private for profit provision, mm. especially for services for the youngest children, mm -hmm. which leads to high costs for parents. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's prohibitively high yeah. uh, compared to other countries, which leads to an enormous pressure on um, wages and salaries yeah. for the educators, which are woefully low, mm -hmm. and which leads to an enormous pressure quite often on the quality of the services that yeah. children experience. So no, but nobody gains from this. Um, we do have a commitment from government, which uh, has to be lauded to actually increase investment, um, where uh, total investment adds up over the years to 1 billion euro. Yeah. Um, right. That is a lot of money, but still leaves us way uh, mm. below OECD average. Um, we also have um, a sort of a policy tradition, and again, that is goes far beyond early childhood, that seems to, seems to be very reluctant to actually get involved proactively in managing um, services on, on, on the ground. And I suppose, how does all of that link back into, you know, your research um in the Institute of Education, like like, what are your primary areas of research? And I suppose, I mean, why are they so important? Well, I suppose um, when we look at the at the research centre, we are a, a very sort of a mixed bunch of people. It's it's um, well, uh, the technical term for this is interdisciplinary. But we, we come from a lot of different different backgrounds: people from psychology background, from an education background, from a sociology background. Um, I have an initial degree in pedagogy and I worked as a practitioner uh, many years ago with children from refugee families uh, and uh, uh, marginalized mm. uh, disadvantaged families. So we come from all different backgrounds, but we are mainly interested in the systems that around, surround young children that we set up as countries, as societies, support to support young children and their families. Um, one of the things, and that's what gets us into this policy space, because what happens in your early childhood setting on a Tuesday morning um, is very much hands-on, educators, families, children doing things, but it's also very much influenced and impacted by the policy landscape, the way the system's governed, regulations are made, funding streams are organized. So that's what we're interested in in that space. What's happening in that space in Europe and also internationally in recent years is that um, international organizations, policy bodies, very different ones and as diverse as, let's say, the World Bank, UNICEF, mm -hmm. the European Commission, they all are sort of players in that field of, of early childhood provision and they all have ideas and suggestions and the world bank is the world bank is one of the largest um 
players in the field of education, mainly in the global south. Really? Yes. Um, finances education reforms, finances um, early childhood development programs all across Africa. Um, and quite often, uh, well, that's that's a topic for another seminar, really. Yeah. <laughs> but between all these players, there seems to be a consensus emerging that um, we have to look at uh, support services for young children in a holistic way, mm-hmm. which is actually not rocket science. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, at these policy levels, when you hear the World <laughs> Bank talk about we need to look at systems, and yeah. we, um, oh, we discovered that the programs we're funding they don't exist in a vacuum, but they're mm. all embedded in sort of very complex social, economic, cultural um, contexts. Then you know you're onto something, and, and uh, mm. so systems research is what we're doing. Yeah. In that space, what's happening at the moment is that more and more um, experts globally are saying we need much more. We need to pay much more attention to the holistic systems around children. And that means we can't just look at childcare yeah. or we can't just look at um, preparation for getting ready for school. Um, but we have to look at what are the factors that actually impact on children's lives. There are, am I being cared for? Mm. Uh, is that reliable? Um, mm. What's the education? Uh, am I, do mm-hmm. I, can I realize my right to education, which mm-hmm. is enshrined, for instance, in the Charter, fundamental charter of, of, of um, rights of the European Union. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, am I going hungry? Yeah. Nut- malnutrition is a major factor in across the world and not just somewhere in sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Um, I know that's hard for people to believe yeah. that that could be an issue here in Ireland as easily and as it could be. In, and as it you is, said, and it is malnutrition is is, yeah. a, is a growing issue in in the UK, in Ireland, mm. in in many other mm-hmm. sort of um, very affluent countries. Housing mm. is a major influence on has major impact on how well children can develop their um, their potential. Yeah. So what people are saying is let's we have to look at this together. Yeah. Ireland uh, is one of the countries in Europe um, that has adopted a sort of a strategy for young children some years ago published in 2018 that says we need a whole of government approach to well, pol- what's us now? Uh, well, it's uh, the document's called First Five, okay. and its uh, subtitle is A Whole of Government Strategy for Babies, Young Children and Their Families, which is a leading shift in thinking. Mm. What we're not seeing in Ireland yet is this whole of government approach actually happening. Okay. Um, and is that kind of what year are you almost we're pu- sort of lobbying for we're that? Pu- we're pushing for that. We're working, for instance, with the European um, Commission on policies, the European uh, Union has just launched something that they call the European Child Guarantee, where they say children, especially the most vulnerable, um, need to have access to housing, to health, mm-hmm. to welfare, to education, mm-hmm. to care of high quality, and member states, EU member states, need to make sure that happens. Mm. So Ireland is at the moment asked to go back to Brussels and say, this is how we're implementing it. Like, how... Like obviously, because of let's say children in direct provision, like that housing is very, you know, I suppose unstable. Mm. Like, how would Ireland go back to the European Union and say, yes, we have this system in place where children are on, as I said, sort of unstable housing, and and we're trying to implement this program as well. Well, 
again, this is some, I'm, I'm trying to be yeah. not, not too. <laughs> I'm trying to get you in trouble here. Go <laughs> yes, on there. Yes, I know, I know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sucked right away. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, but sometimes what we're seeing, and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen in this case, mm. but what we have been seeing before is not when requests came from the mm-hmm. European Union to countries including Ireland, to say mm-hmm. how implementing these policies that we've all agreed mm-hmm. collectively, you get a sort of uh, games are being played. Mm. So you get one policy that refers to another policy that refers mm-hmm. back to the first policy. So mm-hmm. you have a circle, but nothing really happens. Okay. One um, infamous example is that the European Union some years ago um, asked all member states to come up with a national um, um, traveler and Roma integration strategy. Mm. How are you integrating your Roma population, your traveler population in general services in society? What does it happen? Um, Quite often countries sort of uh, send back education documents saying, oh, we have an inclusive education system. Mm. Then they send back um, a national sort of strategy that said, actually, we're working with education to make this happen. And it went round and round and round. But um, the actual experience of Roma children in the northern part of Croatia or traveler children in a halting site in, in Ballyfermot mm. have not improved. Yeah. That must be so frustrating when you're, I suppose, pushing to kind of make that, that change. Well, it is and it isn't. And I suppose... I mean, it's you have to be in for the long haul, mm-hmm. yes. You also have to be aware that you find allies in the most unexpected places. Mm-hmm. And as you also have to be aware that you have to engage with people in environments that are not necessarily the most comfortable ones. So um, I sometimes talk with colleagues, not at ECU, but uh, sort of in, in sort of other forums, and they tell me, why would I want to engage with the European Commission? Mm. Life's too short for that. <laughs> or, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that kind of that thing. Yeah, that kind of red tape, yeah. <laughs> and I actually think if, as an academic, you want to, if you don't want to restrain, restrict yourselves to constantly analyzing policy and mm. critiquing policy, mm. but actually impacting policy, this is exactly where you need to be. Yeah. And the connections, again, between the global and the local. Um, we've, we're running a project at the moment, a very small-scale project. We have some money from the Fribble Trust in, in London for this, where we work with um, families and educators and young children uh, in the north inner city in Dublin, uh, but also in Ballymun in, mm-hmm. in Dublin, about how they perceive their opportunity to actually play. Mm. and how restricted that is and how yeah. w- how they might imagine what things um, what might be possible so we're running a future workshop yeah. um, and with children educators families and we're involving Dublin City Council in order to move from the fantasy mm-hmm. th- this is the wishful thinking yeah. part to actually how I'm going to make this happen mm. so European child guarantee restricted childhoods at European or global policy level are immediately connected to growing up mm. uh, in the north inner city. Mm. And we're making these connections in, in, in our work. Yeah. 
So earlier we talked about like the difference between, you know, early childhood education in Ireland and in other countries, you know, in Europe and and, and around the world. And obviously, you know, you're not Irish. Um, you grew up in Germany, you told me earlier. And yeah, so I suppose I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience of early childhood education or any teachers that, you know, that sort of spring to mind that were particularly inspirational um, in your education journey. I had a few. Um, I mean, and that's, and I think it's so important for for us in institutions like um, higher education institutions to actually try and be that inspirational mm. person. I mean, I had someone in, when, when I first went to university uh, doing something completely different. Uh, I met someone who um, gave me gave me back my first paper that I wrote. Uh, and she and she gave me two written feedbacks. And the first feedback was actually, this is really interesting. You're making a strong argument and um, it's interesting to see what you're saying here. Um, brilliant. Keep yeah. doing this. Then she gave me the second written feedback and said, Matthias, what on earth were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> the way this is presented. I mean, yeah. have you ever heard um, of a comma before? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of doing it, though, so that you don't feel discouraged, you know, that there's yeah. kind of that she's still giving you the praise. <laughs> yes, so, so there's uh, and there were others that I learned from uh, in uh, in the university, outside of the university working project people. Um, I think the most uh, outstanding examples were really people who uh, were ready to give me a chance. They didn't mm. know me. Mm-hmm. They, s- they trusted me and mm. they said actually um, why don't you have a go? Mm-hmm. Um and that helped me develop quite a lot in terms yeah. of getting my first research out, in terms yeah. of working with you know, children and families. Yeah, you know, and with your research and with everything, you're sort of preparing the next generation of teachers to go out there and, and inspire others. Well, we're preparing the next generation of teachers, but also researchers mm-hmm. and hopefully policymakers mm-hmm. um, in this field. Thank you so much for coming in today and for talking to me about this. This was a really interesting conversation. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. You can find out more about Teachers Inspire and links to other episodes of the podcast at teachersinspire.ie and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next time.